this is the first time I've spoken today, so my mouth isn't really... Me, 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 me. You can leave that in if you want. The Nick Abbott Habit. Just before we start, I'd like to share with you a headline that you might have missed because it was on the American feed of the Daily Mail website. It might be the single greatest headline in history and easily ranks up there with Freddy Star Ate My Hamster or Uranus Takes a Panding More Frequently Than Thought, which I should explain was the headline to a story about that planet having been hit by so many asteroids that it turned on its side. Well, there was the one about the uh, Daily Record in uh, 2007 about the Islamist attack on Glasgow Airport, which quoted a local hero on its front page in huge type as saying, I kicked burning terrorists so hard in balls that I tore a tendon in my foot. A headline that was uh, so massive that there was barely enough space on the front page for anything else. Or the headline from the International Business Times from 2013, which detailed a story from Switzerland about huts built for prostitutes at the side of the road so as to give them shelter while on the job, which read, Sex boxes open in Zurich, but will anyone come? Or there was the story from seven years ago in the sports pages of a paper in Oregon about a 200-metre race that was won by Walter Dix, who pipped Tyson Gay to the line, which read, Tired Gay succumbs to Dix. Or there was the report of a traffic accident which read, Lorry carrying fruit crashes, creating jam. I love all those headlines. But I didn't think I would read the one that I saw today in the Daily Mail that read, and I swear I am not making this up, Americans are not properly cleaning their anuses. That is a direct quote. It's right there online. And you can look it up if you want further details, because I certainly don't want to give you any. And besides, as everyone on earth is about to be arrested for leering, groping, touching, feeling and squeezing people that they shouldn't order, and much, much worse, you are probably the last person that will be listening to this podcast outside prison. So the cleanliness of Americans' backsides is the least of your worries. The last time I looked, the papers were reporting in a fake tone of shocked outrage that 33 of our elected representatives are being investigated for inappropriate behaviour. And speaking to someone who has no idea what he's talking about, that number seems a little on the low side. I'd expect it's more like 333. And don't say I didn't tell you because I've been going on about the libertine culture of lecherous ludity that goes on behind those reinforced doors ever since I went there for a boozy evening a few years ago. And what I saw just confirmed everything I ever thought about the place. It's one giant, subsidised, bacchanalian, alcoholic orgy of lust and lasciviousness. I saw people so drunk it resembled a student union bar. Or the last days of a dying republic where everyone said, oh, to hell with it, let's just get sh**-faced and f***. And maybe it was just the evening I was there, but it seemed a bit gayer than I expected, too. I've said this on air so many times, I'm surprised that Special Branch hasn't marched me out into a field and had me commit suicide. It looked to me that the Palace of Westminster was one huge dating facility for fat old men to avail themselves of the charms of their inebriated, youthful, floppy-head public schoolboy assistants. It was so obvious and in your face, I was amazed that the press hadn't written anything about it. Until I realised that the press are probably in there helping themselves too. Honestly, if we really want to rid sexual exploitation from society, it might be a good idea for Lil Fat Kim and Ancient Orange in the White House to have at it with the nuclear weapons, scorch the earth to its crust and start all over again from scratch. 
We're told that Theresa May is under pressure from her own ministers to launch a comprehensive investigation into sexual harassment in Westminster. And if you believe that, I have a real genuine Rolex watch I'd like to sell you. She's under pressure to launch a comprehensive cover-up, more likely. Those benches will be even emptier than they usually are if everyone in Parliament that's been guilty of a bit of that gets the boot. But, of course, it isn't just politics. Show business for ugly people. It's show business for beautiful people, too. You know, previous to the current revelations about Harvey Weinstein, Roman Polanski was the bete noir of Hollywood. And people seem to think that if he was kept out of it, then the movie business would be a safe place for the aspiring starlet. Well, here's the news. It isn't. And nor is the accounting profession a safe place for the young or the hot or the keen to get on, and neither is the architect's office or the meatpacking business or the taxi trade or the building site or the restaurants or department stores or sales distribution centres or anywhere else that human beings congregate. And if you want to tell the police about some wrong that has been done to you, then you'd better have a friend there to be your chaperone, because they're at it too. And I'd steer clear of lawyers, because they're up to their Gucci ties in guilt as well. And I haven't even mentioned music, or the theatre, or ballet, or anywhere where young people are left alone with older people. Like sports, for instance. All sports. With the possible exception of bowls. And Kevin Spacey is now persona non grata and the whole world shudders with revulsion and then cheers itself up by playing the greatest hits of Michael Jackson. Pop music's as guilty as sin, of course it is. All those desperate to make it younglings and the men who have power to make their dreams come true. And women, don't forget, but mostly men. And as for rock, well... I'm not sure those household name rock stars that are still worshipped as gods and played on the radio every day asked for proof of age ID papers of the groupies that hurled themselves at them every time they left their front door. And the giants of classical music were just as bad. And as for artists, well, the National Gallery should be a crime scene and half the naked stuff on the walls be taken in as evidence. I just wonder who's going to be given a pass and protected because I think the press have been protecting a huge number of people that they know enough about to ruin careers or send them away for life. The idea that journalists covering Hollywood didn't know anything about Harvey Weinstein and that those allegations came as a complete surprise are just not believable. And politicians in this country get a pass depending on who they are and what favours they can promise or threats they can make. You know, sometimes you think that the rumours and whispers you hear of a vast conspiracy to cover up the dark doings and shenanigans of the rich and shameless are just so much tin hat conspiracy theory nonsense. But every now and again, a little light is shined on the subject and you get the idea that maybe everything you think you know is true. And this seems to be one of those times. At least we can rely on the holders of the great offices of state to be above suspicion. I mean... It's not like the president of the USA is a serial sex fiend. He's far too civil for that. And we know that because he told us so himself. President Donald Trump says he is not uncivil. He said, I am not an uncivil person. I can tell you that. Everybody says how not uncivil I am. I get tremendous calls from every country from great people who say Donald Trump is a hugely civil person. Probably the most civil person who ever lived, apart from the great Abe Lincoln, believe me when I tell you, or something like that. If you have somehow gained the impression that he lacks civility, it's the fault of the press, who are presenting a distorted image of him by taking down exactly what he says and repeating it verbatim. 
He said, people don't understand. I went to an Ivy League college. I was a nice student. I did very well. I'm an intelligent person. And that's the thing with intelligent persons. They always have to remind everyone how intelligent they are. You know, like Darwin and Newton. Notorious for handing out leaflets, explaining how smart they were. And Einstein never stopped shouting about his vast IQ. Standing on the front step of his house, yelling at passers-by, Oi! Ich bin ein smart person! Trump said, I really believe, I think that the press creates a different image of Donald Trump than the real person. Talking about himself in the third person. And to think that people say he's a colossal egomaniac. Where do they get that impression? And this was all about complaints that he'd been uncivil to the widow of a decorated soldier. She says he was disrespectful in a condolence call and that he couldn't recall the deceased soldier's name and told his widow that his fate is what he signed up for when he went into the military. He said that to her on the phone while she was in a car on the way to pick up his body. That's what he signed up for. What's uncivil about that? Trump said that he did not forget her husband's name and he pointed to his head for the benefit of the cameras and he said, one of the greatest memories of all time. There is no level of self-aggrandizement that is over the top for our demented Donny, and no fight will go unpicked. He justified attacking the wife of a dead soldier by saying, when somebody says something about you that's false, I think it's always okay to counterpunch or to fight back. He's counterpunching widows now. I thought he was great with women. He told her so himself over and over again. I would be so great for women. I cherish women. But you know what? Others have said the same, that he is great for women. It's just that those others may have also been Donald Trump in disguise. The New York magazine is celebrating its 50th year and reprinted some letters they'd received in the past as part of their anniversary edition. They printed old letters from luminaries like Spike Lee and Gore Vidal and John McCain and people like that. But they also reprinted a letter from 1992, supposedly written by Trump's secretary, one Carolyn Gallego. And the letter's in reaction to an article of the time that apparently suggested that Trump does not treat women well, which was written by a journalist called Julie Baumgold. And the letter signed by Carolyn Gallego, who claimed to be his secretary, reads... Based on the fact that I work for Donald Trump as his secretary and therefore know him well, I think he treats women with great respect, contrary to what Julie Baumgold implied in her article. I do not believe any man in America gets more calls from women wanting to see him, meet him or go out with him. The most beautiful women, the most successful women, all women love Donald Trump. That was supposed to be his secretary writing that. And various publications have searched in vain for a Trump employee called Carolyn Gallego. She appears not to have existed. It certainly reads like something that Donald Trump would write about Donald Trump. He finds anything but constant praise difficult to take. So if it's not forthcoming from external sources, he'll manufacture it himself. He was whining to the press this week about his coverage. He said, everybody has said unbelievable good things about me, but you never report that. Everybody says good things about him. Well, he's right about one thing. That is unbelievable. A week seems like an eternity when you're talking about Donald Trump. He's a one-man newsgasm. Every day there's some jaw-dropping pronouncement that would get the leader of any other country locked up in a giggle hut. But he seems to bring out the worst in others too. 
Ed Miliband said that the President of the United States of America is an absolute moron. Not just moron, but absolute moron. We have Donald Trump to thank for turning the normally reserved ex-Labour leader into a Twitter troll. Thanks a lot, Donny. And this was because Ancient Orange saw a report on his favourite Fox News show, which took a moment between singing hymns of praise to the President to alert its readers that Britainland was experiencing a rise in crime. And armed with no further information of any kind whatsoever, Trump went straight to his phone to tweet that it was all the fault of Islamic extremists. Trump just lobs these bones out of the window so that the press will keep what he says at the top of the bulletins and concentrate less on what he does, on his abject failure in the job. He did the same with those JFK files, which were going to be released anyway, but he made it all about him. He's the most open president in the history of presidents, everybody says so, that kind of thing. We learn nothing at all from those files, but it stopped people talking about the Russia investigation for five minutes, so job done for Donny. I bet that he gets re-elected simply on the basis that he is a giant distraction machine. And if anything happens with those Russia investigations that makes the stink of guilt stick to him, he'll just pardon himself. He's already had his people look into whether he can or not, and apparently there's not a rule against it mostly because no-one ever thought any president could be so shameless as to think of doing it. He's like a street mugger. He waves one tiny hand in front of your face while picking your pocket with the other, all the while keeping up a stream of inane verbosity that could turn a windmill. And when he blamed Islamic extremists for our crime figures, other British politicians took turns to pause from their busy schedule to heap scorn on a man that only accepts praise and flattery and vows vengeance on those that do not deliver it. There goes the special relationship. Well, it was not going to last long under his administration. The most special relationship Trump has is with the beautiful orange god he sees in the mirror. From the looks of it, he doesn't even seem to have as much of a special relationship with his current wife. She flicks his hands away, shows no affection or even emotion in his presence. She's like a fembot who spends just enough time by his side to make it look like a contractual obligation. Or does she? Because conspiracy theorists are suggesting that Melania Trump has a body double who appears alongside the great galumph in public. And the evidence they used was footage of Trump when he addressed the media about hurricane relief for Puerto Rico, or his, he pronounced it, Puerto Rico. The First Lady stood at his shoulder, silent and unmoving, her stiff features hidden by a pair of enormous black sunglasses so big you could have used them as a windscreen on a bus. And despite the fact that she was standing right there, Trump pointed out her presence as though it needed confirming. He says, this really is my wife. She's not barricaded in her room, refusing to come out. She's a tremendous wife. She's the best wife in the world, I can tell you that. At least until someone better comes along, which should be any day now by my count. How old are you now, dear? Actually, that is fake news. I made that up. He really referred to my wife, Melania, who happens to be right here, as though she would have been invisible had he not pointed her out. Conspiracy theorists based their theory of a first lady stand-in on the apparent differences in the shape of the supposed imposter's nose. So the question is, is Melania using a body double? And the correct fake answer is, only in bed. What attracted her to him in the first place? 
Was it the enormity of his personality or the size of his plane? As someone who is not as wholly actualized and in touch with his feminine side as me might say, the ladies love the cars. And men know that. Or they think that they know that. And they compete with each other to see who can get the best rides, the fattest exhaust pipes and the bangingest stereos. Be honest, women. If you saw two identical males, one in a Ferrari and one in a Vauxhall, which one would you be most likely to accept a lift from? Exactly. Even teenage boys know this. And one in particular thought he was about to score bigly when he took his vehicle, that would cost anything up to £50,000 to replace, on a hunt for available women in the city centre of Derry in Ireland the other day. Good plan, you might think. And it would have been, except that the vehicle he was driving was a tractor, which looked a bit conspicuous as it trundled around the high street at midnight. And when the police stopped him, he said, Oh, I'm just using it for social purposes. And when asked to elucidate, he said, Oh, I'm looking for women. As though they would just be lined up on the pavement, ready for someone to come along who looked like they had the tool for a good plough. His lawyer told the court that his client was stupid, which is a bit harsh, but sounds about right. And it's that attitude to women and clear lack of intelligence that will work against him in life. Unless he can wangle himself a change of nationality and become the President of the United States of America. For further details and amusements, check out the books of my collections of columns, What I Wrote, which are hugely fantastic, the most fantastic columns ever written by anybody. Everybody says so, I can tell you that. They are all planet-saving e-books, but the last one is also available in Tree Killer Paperback. And I'm back on LBC, Friday and Saturday nights at 10. And back here for my next podcast, halfway through November. Doesn't time fly when you're out your mind? And until we meet again, I appreciate your attention. A Big Things Media Production. Big Things! <laughs>